Hello, everybody. Welcome to According to Fox. I'm your host, A. Fox. I know it's been a little minute, but I'm about to keep y'all posted on what's been going on. So without further ado, let's get this week going. So the first thing I want to talk about is um, the sentencing um, of the cop who murdered Dante Wright. Her name is Kim Potter. And let's start off with the murder, right? It was a routine traffic stop, apparently. He had an outstanding warrant that he didn't know about. Because this happened last year. I want to say April 11th last year. And he had like a death ticket that he wasn't aware of that was sent to the wrong place or some shit. Like some shit that could have been easily avoided and how the justice system just failed this young man on all kinds of levels. And he gets stopped by a cop. Cop apparently 26 years on the job. She confused her taser with her gun and shot him. And he died. Um, Dante Wright was 20 at the time. So he was he just begun to live. He was a young father. All kinds of things. So with that being said, last year this happened. And she's already been tried and convicted. Because, you know, they be giving them speedy trials. Some of us be sitting free tax. You know, some of them be sitting here waiting on a trial date five, six years later, still haven't seen the judge. But them, you know, they get their speedy trial like they're supposed to, according to the Constitution, but whatever. Um, First, the prosecutors suggested that she get seven years. And I find that real odd that somebody who wasn't even an adult, like she was a cop for longer than this kid was alive. And... They requested seven years in two months, which is like insane to me. Like, like if you if that's if you're the prosecutor, that means you are defending the family and defending Dante. And to ask for seven years, like, come on. I know it's first and second degree manslaughter, but don't isn't there a 15 year charge on that shit? Like, come on. Anyway, so. And then they agreed to, for a lesser sentence, right? The judge is was an Asian woman. I forgot what her name was, but we had to figure it out because that, that shit blew my mind. Um, she got two years, but she can do 16 months on good behavior. And if she even does that, she can do like the last couple months on a supervised release. So it was like a year and a half for killing a young father, a young black father, excuse me. Mind you, she was smiling in her mugshot. It it just it just threw me for a fucking loop. And I know y'all say the same thing. Oh, it happens all the time. Why y'all surprised? Why can't I be surprised? Why can't I be bothered by this? Like y'all make it seem like it's an issue that we're bothered that this person got two years for taking the life. I don't care how common it is. I don't care how used to it we're supposed to be. That's the thing. We're not supposed to be used to this. I know the system wasn't designed for us. I know the system wasn't built for us. I know all of those things. 
it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it okay for this kid to be killed in cold blood. It doesn't make it okay that his kid can never see him again or his family can never see him again. Just because the system isn't built or designed for us does not make it okay when the consequences and repercussions that they put on us happen. When the lack of justice happens. When injustice happens to all of us, it's not, well, well, I guess the system wasn't built for us, so oh well. It's not fucking oh well. It's not. If we know it wasn't designed for us, if we know it wasn't built for us, some shit still got to fucking change, B. And it's sad. And and ain't nothing worse than white women weaponizing their tears. Because the minute she has, has a tear, tearful, remorseful plea, there here goes this judge. She's crying too. The fuck are you crying for? When his family talk, you ain't crying. When his baby mother talk about how her son looks at his father's pictures and goes, dad, dad, but we'll never have a memory of him growing up. You ain't cry. But you cried when this white woman, a cop of 26 years, shot him and, and she's so sorry for this and she just wanted to help the community. You shedding tears for that? It's fucking ridiculous, B. It's, it's, it's disheartening and it's sad. And for her to just like, oh, that's her name, Judge Chu. She, it didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like, Two years. And it's like, why? You know what I'm saying? Two years. It's Honestly, if they arrested her last year when all this shit happened, and she just served her time, she'd be almost the fuck out this year. Almost out. This boy even lived to see 22. Come on now. Come on. This shit is whack, me. It's so whack. And I, my heart goes out to his family, Dante Wright's family, his kid. Whew, that shit's heavy, man. It's like, I'm so tired of people saying, oh, what y'all surprised for? Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. What we surprised for. It's not about being surprised. It's about being tired. It's about being tired of not getting the justice we deserve. Unless it's us. We killing nigga on our block. Somebody die on this block, you don't see that nigga for 30 years, 15 years, 20 years, blah, blah, blah. They shoot one of us. The slap on the wrist is a pop. It's just a little pop like a mother give a, a two-year-old. Not a beating, just a little pop. Don't touch that. That's what they get, a fucking pop. We, our people end up in under a fucking jail for shit like that. Come on, man. This shit is ridiculous. I hope somebody looks into that judge's shit because um, Sean King posted something and she was like, oh, that's funny because she didn't, um, Judge Shu didn't have this compassion and empathy when um, some an attorney wrote this, when my client was uh, um, deported for breaking up a fight and was torn apart from his young children to a country that he'd never been to before. She didn't have that same compassion. Oh, oh, Asian judge. So it's only reserved for white people. Got it. You deported somebody to another country and you felt okay about that. Left their kids. It didn't have none of that. But this white lady crying about killing the black kid and you feel for her. Fuck out of here, man. Man, something got to give. Something has to fucking give.
R.I.P. to Dante Wright, you know. R.I.P. I don't even know what else to say on that part, because that shit, that shit fucked me up a little bit this week. I'm not even going to lie. Um, but who the fuck knows, you know? Who the fuck knows what change are we going to get? Who, who the fuck knows when it's going to happen? I'm just, I'm just sick of it. I'm tired of it, personally. It's, it's just, it's too much sometimes, you know? It's too much to deal with. Um, in other news, Wendy Williams' show is going to be canceled and she will be replaced by Sherry Shepard in the fall. So she's had a, a string of health issues for a while now, for like, I want to say about a year, if not om- over a year. She's had like a string of health issues where they like the first half of this year, I remember of 2021, I remember they played a lot of reruns. Because her behavior was getting a little erratic and it, she didn't seem like herself. Um, they played a lot of reruns. And towards the end of last year, she had a lot of special guests filling. I.E. Sherry Shepard, Ray Martin and Fat Joe, Bevy Smith and Terrence J. You know, it was a lot of people who filled in for Michael Rappaport. And it was like, yeah, people are going to be doing it till Wendy comes back. till she comes back. And apparently they're getting a lot of good feedback from Sherry Shepard hosting. And um, something happened last week where um, the bank tried to freeze Wendy's assets because they um, declared her to be mentally unfit. But that was reversed very quick. That was reversed quickly. Um, yeah, I don't know what's... I mean, I've, not, I've never really been a fan of Wendy Williams. I'm not saying I wish anything happened to her. No, nah, not even... I just never been a fan, but, you know, to know that she, because she's like the queen of media. She went from radio to TV, and, you know, just to see how, like, quickly, not only, I can't even say just quickly, it's just surprising, like, her her dissension. I don't know what happened. She was good one day, and one day she wasn't. It was like a dramatic decline. So I would, I, I know she has Graves' disease. Missy Elliott suffers from Graves' disease as well. So I don't know medically what's going on with her, but, you know, she did break down some doors. No matter how controversial she was, no matter how people don't align with her, beliefs and how she carries things, you know, she did set a tone for daytime talk shows and the um, radio when she's on Hot 97, you know, her and Angie Martinez even had a fight and shit, like, it, they got real, you know, like, I mean, Wendy's not, I mean, I mean, come on, like, no, like, I'm just saying, she's, she's not the, the nicest person or the best Person, I'm trying to find a, a nice way of giving this woman accolades without showing <laughs> the fact that I'm not a fan. Um, I'm not a fan. I'm just honest. I'm being very honest with you guys. Not a fan. But it's... May she have a speedy recovery. I'm going to leave it at that because I feel like I'm going to say something that sounds bad. Now, I mean, it's not my intentions at all. Um, but um, she did say not too long ago that she'll be coming back to work. But I don't I don't think that's happening. So if they cancel it in June, and she's been on a 14-year run, that's a, that's a good run. 
So they cancel it in June. Sherry Shepard probably comes sometime in September. I mean, I wouldn't watch that show either. I'm I'm not into Sherry Shepard either. I don't know. I don't get. I don't get it. I don't get the allure. I don't find her funny. Never did. Never did. So, and I don't think she. Of course, the show shouldn't be the same show, being as no longer Wendy Williams show. I guess it'll be Sherry Shepard show. But she's not a gossip columnist, so I really want to know what, what route she's going to take. Is it going to be like the Jenny Jones, Ricky Lake route? Like when we used to come home from school and watch all that ratchet shit? Like what's she going to do? I don't know. But I know I'm not watching that shit either. i like, for real. I won't be watching it from her either. I'm, it's fine. It's fine. Um, Good luck to Sherry Shepard, though. And, you know, prayers up and... A speedy recovery to Wendy Williams. See how you say nice things? My mother always said, if you say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. Um, Next. All right. So, I, in certain topics I wanted to stay away from, i.e. the Kunye Kim shit, keep, keep me out the group chat, Kunye. I don't give a fuck no more. And Danny Lay and the baby. The, my problem, though, with this one is, all right, because I'm torn. I'm very torn. I don't think jumping people is necessary, unless you're siblings. If if that's my sibling, I'm jumping in. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. Sorry, I got I got I had three brothers. I got two left. If it if it goes down, that's my heart. I am fighting for my brothers. I don't give a fuck how many grown men is in that shit. I will get me a fucking liquor bottle, and it's over for everybody. I'm not playing about my brothers. My brothers don't play about me. So if you got siblings, that shit don't work. We don't, you jumping. Mothers don't want to hear shit about you let your brother get beat up. You're supposed to jump in to help your brother. <laughs> so either way, Danny Lay, when her and the baby went through their shit on live and the baby was being a whole fucking clown about it, her brother, this is what you're supposed to do as a big brother though, but you're also supposed to follow through. So, basically, he threatened the baby, says on site when you see him, he disrespected his sister. Okay, that's regular banter that you think that you're going to hear from a brother after somebody's sister's been wronged or slighted. Yeah, I, I can understand that. This is where it gets particularly tricky. Apparently, he's a bowling alley in L.A. The baby's there with a thousand people. And he just showed by himself, and he, he apparently he said he said that he went to talk to him, and the baby swung on him. This is my problem with what you did, Brandon, which is the baby. I mean, Danny Lay's brother. This is my problem. You have seen the baby knock a nigga out in Louis Vuitton. You have seen the baby. Well, not seen him, but the baby has been arrested for murdering a man in Walmart because. He pulled the gun on him and he didn't go to jail because it was definitely rightfully so self-defense. But he killed the nigga in Walmart. He killed the nigga in Walmart. Why did you think it was smart to not only go up there by yourself with no reinforcements, but to then approach him with a billion niggas? What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, it, do, it doesn't make sense to me. Why would you do that? So, of course, he got his ass whipped. That, I mean, I felt like that went without saying. He got his ass whipped. So, then, 
all this other stuff like, oh, y'all jumped my brother, y'all whack. Time out, time out. Again, I don't think jumping is okay. But the baby, like I just said, he had a couple run-ins. I've always firmly believed if somebody's bringing in the money, there needs to be things in place to protect the fucking money. Michael Vick should not have gone to jail for two years. Somebody should have done that two year fucking big and he could have paid y'all. Y'all got to keep the cash cow cashing. All right. So the baby throw the first fucking punch again. There is somebody else's job to handle the light work because you got to protect the fucking money. You just do. You have to make sure the money keeps going in. The cash keeps flowing. Okay. Again. Did they have to stop him out on them slidey ass floors? No. But what do you expect from this caliber of nigga? What do you expect from a man who did, who will fuck you up and lay you out where you stand with cameras or without cameras? What made you think that y'all was going to have a peaceful conversation, a talk, a chit or a chat? What made you think that it was going to go down that way? When you said it was on site, and I'm very confused by the spelling of on site. Because when I think on site, I think S-I-G-H-T. Like, when I see you, it's on. I see people say on site, like O-N-S-I-T-E. Like, when we in the same place, it's on. I need clarity. I feel like we both can be right. But when I say on site, like, oh, I'm going to see you and I'm going to fuck you up. That's what it means to me. If you say on site, whether it's I'm going to see you and fuck you up. Or we going to be in the same place and I'm going to fuck you up. The end result is I'm going to fuck you up. So if somebody tells me it's on site, when I see them or if we're in the same place, I'm expecting a fucking Royal Rumble. That's just, that's just the South Bronx in me. I would think it would go down. No? Is that not what that means? So why would you say it's on site? And then say, well, I just wanted to talk. To who? Who was you going to have that conversation with? Because that nigga's not talking. You know the baby's not talking. And why would you go dolo? You are not as tough as you think you are. You're light-skinned with pretty hair and braids. Nobody's scared of you. So for you to come down, and my thing is, of course it could have got ugly and nasty if he came down there with 10 niggas, but you should have came down there with 10 niggas. You should have. I'm sorry. You should have. I, I, I'm going to place the accountability on your shoulders. Yes. Because you didn't think it all the way through, Brandon. You fucking didn't. And and now look at you. Now he's suing the baby. Well, I, I don't know. See, this is why I'm trying to go to law school. Because I need to know if shit is legal or not. Because I feel like he doesn't have the basis to sue when you approached him. But again, I think in... in Street term. So it's like, oh, a nigga come on. T- if you press me, it's it's a wrap. And I used to hate when people like, oh, you, you got to do the first hit. Fuck that. I'm hitting whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to hit you. You hit me first. What the fuck? No. If it's an issue, we, we fighting. I don't give a fuck who swing first. It's happening. It's going to fucking happen. That's all I know. So for you to sue him now, now you suing him for pain and suffering and emotional distress. I guess get him where it hurts in his pockets, but still, my nigga, that's so weird. 
So either you tough, either you a civilian or you a street nigga. You got to pick one. You got to pick a side and stay there. Because you don't get to tell somebody like him it's on site. And when he see you, you get stomped out. Now you suing. I don't, I don't, I don't know what your end game was, Thanos. I truly don't. But it, it didn't work out. It didn't work out for you. And I'm not even, like, the baby really bothered me the way he carried his whole shit, shit with Daniel A. And I'm not even mad at him for this. Like, it's like, I get it. The nigga approached you. You knew it wasn't love. You swung on him. If somebody approached me, I know it ain't love. I know it ain't respect on that end. Yeah, I'm going to feel the need to, to, to let, let it go. Not, not, I'm sorry. I don't have a gun. Not let it go. I'm feeling the need to defend myself or protect myself in any way, shape, form, or fashion. You know? The fact that his friends jumped in, I, I mean, I mean, I don't feel like all of them had to. I don't, like, maybe one or two. I don't think all of them had to. But people are different. You know, one fight, they all fight. You never know. Eventually, the baby did not touch him anymore. But, you know, and he didn't even come up that bad. For somebody who got supposedly jumped and all that, he, he did okay, you know. He bleeding a little bit. He still had his head in his head. Nobody ripped his little pretty-ass braids out. He had a little, a little of a, you know, what's that? A little blood leaking from the face. Nothing too crazy, you know. It's, it, it wasn't too bad. I, I feel like he, he may be stretching it. Whatever. I'm sorry. You're not stretching it. Them bowling shoes is probably wild hard and they was kicking you. My bad, Brandon. Either way, um, we gonna see how this unfolds. I, I'm I'm scared for this baby because now your uncle and your daddy beefing. This is some real hood shit. Uncle and your daddy beefing and and now what the fuck? I don't know what type of birthday party this baby's gonna have, but this shit looking crazy. Um Danny, hold your head, girl. Hold your head. And that's another thing, girls. If you fuck with a nigga, everybody love fucking with a tough nigga until nobody in your family can beat a fucking shoot that nigga. Y'all better find y'all better find a nigga that's tough enough to protect you, but not strong enough to where your big brother can't fuck him up. Alright? Or or your older cousin can't get his gun and get him. You gotta make sure you got reinforcements for that nigga. If you fucking with the baby, you better make sure your uncle is Suge Knight, okay? You have to you have to plan for shit like that. Don't be over here with these tough... And I like a tough nigga. Don't get it twisted. I love me a tough nigga. But y'all got to stop getting tough niggas who can't... Who nobody in your family can fucking beat up. Because what you want to do when he get out of line? Who you going to call? What? 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 Your daddy go to church. Your daddy a deacon. He ain't going to kill this nigga for you. It's not going to happen. You got Y'all got to think ahead of all things. God forbid nigga put hands on you. You got to tell your brother. Your brother can't do shit. Or your brother don't want to do shit because that's not his life. He don't live shit like that. Y'all better find y'all a nigga that at least one or two family members can whip ass on. That's it. Don't find that super strong tough nigga who can't nobody maintain a tame. Fuck that. Do better with that shit. Danny Lay, you know good and damn well you ain't have no fucking family members for the baby. You know good and well couldn't nobody whip that nigga ass. You gotta find an uncle who was in jail for a long time who still keeps a damn firearm ready before you started fucking with the baby. You knew that. Women, we gotta think ahead. Think smarter. 
Um, well, oh, last week, I can't give too much away because it's um, HBO special. Last week, I went to an evening with Gerard Carmichael. And y'all know how much I love Gerard Carmichael. I love his comedy. I love his stand-up. Um, I brought my mom because if you do not like his comedy, I, I, I wouldn't want you to come. Like, it had... And it's so great because, honestly, everybody that was there, you can tell they were fans of him. Because he has these moments where he's, like, very pensive and he stops talking. And you could hear a fucking pin drop. It was dead silent when he was silent. Like, we were just, like, hanging on to his every word. It was such a good show. Um, I don't know what the name of the special was going to be. Um, it was, like, two days that they were showing it for two different times. So, it was... Wednesday and Thursday, 7 and 9.30 p.m. for both shows, and that was it. And it was free. It was free. And I don't want to give too much away, but it was so vulnerable, and it was it was hilarious. And then it was like, damn. Like, it, it moved my mother in so many different ways, and my mother's like, like she's just thinking differently on certain things. And, and I, that's what I love about Gerard. He makes you, he evokes thoughts. And she's like, you know why? I never thought of it like that. He gives you another side of the coin. Um, shout out to Chris Lewis. He came through to, um, he's been co-hosting on the show before. So he came through too. Um, yeah, man. When it comes out, I really hope y'all watch it. I really sincerely hope y'all do. Gerard has so much to say. And he, it was genius. It was a brilliant set. And he looked directly at me. I don't know what I said, but it was a small little jazz club. By the way, jazz clubs are automatically sexy. It just kept getting sexy in there. It got darker and smokier. I said, my God, it's sexy in this place. And people started laughing, but I was being dead-ass serious. It felt like we were all on a group fucking date. Anyway, so I meant group date, not fuck. Damn it, Amber. Sometimes I be cursing too much. Anyway, so it's like a little light stage. Um, it's a small stage because it's like a jazz club. I was, like, totally, like, on the right of the stage, but I was on it. Like, I put my left leg up, and my foot was on stage. And Gerard was, you know, front and center. But he had to be, like, six feet away from me. And I don't know what I said. I don't know how I said it. But when he walked to the stage, I'm like, oh, it's Gerard, and something like that. And then he looked at me. He said, I'm so glad that you're here. I said, I'm so glad to be here, Sugarfoot. Like, it was just. I don't know. It's like he knew I loved him. I love me some drop. I love me some drop. But yeah, it was such a good show. When it comes on, I want y'all to watch it. And then I'm, I'm going to talk about it more in depth. I'm definitely going to make a segment off of what he spoke on. But it was a show about secrets. And he just got into all of his family secrets. I'm just telling y'all. Y'all really, really have to watch it when it comes out. Shout out to Gerard. Thank you. It was an amazing show. And you're so brilliant. So the Super Bowl was last week. I know, I know. I'm I'm been falling off. My apologies. The LA Rams are now the Super Bowl champions. Odell Beckham Jr. finally got his ring. Matthew Stafford left the fucking graveyard that is Detroit and got his ring. It was it was it was a very good game too. What's his name? 
Joe Burrow, he did his thing. He did his thing. It was just good defense going along the other end that won the game. But I have to say, as much as I enjoyed the Super Bowl, the the everything that wasn't football, I really enjoyed. Like, I truly fucked with. Um, first off, I need L.A. to put some respect on Janae Aiko's name. Okay? This is my issue with them. The week before that, or two weeks before, her and Big Sean were there. And on the Jumbotron, they put Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prinze Jr. And I'm like, why the fuck do you think they are Sarah, Miguel, Sarah Michelle Geller, which is Buffy, and Freddie Prinze Jr.? What? 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 These are black people. What? That was the first thing they did. That was like a week or two before the Super Bowl. So... They saying Janae Aiko is gonna sing America the Beautiful. And it's a a a fucking video and it's Mickey Guyton. She's actually a country singer. She actually sang the um Star Spangled Banner and she tore that shit up. But I was like, that's not Janae Aiko. That that's definitely not Janae Aiko. LA, don't be doing that to, to sis. That's the second time y'all did that. And she's from LA. She's from there. Y'all gonna put some respect on sis name. That's one. All right. She sang the fuck out of America the Beautiful and Mickey Guyton definitely tore the house down with um a Star Spangled Banner. And Mary Mary sang the Negro National Hymn. We have to change that name. I why does it still have to be Negro? We can't call it the black one. Whatever. They sang that because you know they Mary Mary. They gonna sing that shit. Um LA came out to last time that I checked, which is pretty dope. Shout out to Nipsey. That was pretty cool. Everybody and they fucking mother was at that Super Bowl. Hove, of course, Hove and B because um Jay, the halftime show was him. Rock Nation threw that, so that was his idea, whatever. So Hove and B was there. LeBron and Savannah looking as good as she wanted luck. Um, whatchamacallit was? Oh, Issa was there, Issa Ray, Taraji. Everybody who was from LA was definitely there to represent. For the Super Bowl. So that, that was pretty dope. Um, what else happened? Oh, the halftime show. The halftime show. All right. So there was a discussion on Twitter. So Generation Y, which is the people born in like the early 70s to 78, you know, the, the, late, the late 60s to um, 78, 79. Damn, we could even say 80. From late 60s to, like, 1980. That's Generation Y. Right? So they were saying that that was their type of halftime show because the millennials was claiming it. Because they was like, we was listening to The Chronic, and y'all was like three. And we was listening to this, and y'all was like five. All right. That may, that may be true, and I'm a Xennial because I'm born in 1985. I just made the cut. So it's like I'm a mix of Generation X and Millennial. I don't know who come up with the rules. I'm just saying, makes sense. We're the last of the analog users, right? So either way, I understand what they're saying because it's true. When Chronic came out in fucking 1991, I was a smooth five. Did I know it? I did. I shouldn't have. Terrible parenting. But I, I didn't buy the album. I wasn't going to the concerts. That was that generation. But when it comes to the performances... Every song they played was during my high school years. Still D.R.E., the next episode, in the club, no more drama, 
does in the dancery. I don't know why I don't know the name of that song. Family Affairs. Jesus Christ. I called it a dancery. Then they started playing like California Love and Pop. And then Kendrick came out. Kendrick came out. All right. We ain't seen Kendrick in forever. All right. And Eminem does Lose Yourself. 2003. Every song that they goddamn played had to, besides California Love, was a song I listened to in high school. And everybody knew California Love in 1995. I was nine years old. I knew that shit by heart. I don't care. No one tell me. All right. So, Generation X, even though I'm somewhat a part of y'all, y'all had a point until you realized the music that they were playing. That was my formidable high school years. Okay, still DRE came out 2001. Sweet 16. My Sweet 16 was that year. Next episode was 2001. Come on now. Dancery. I'm going to always call it Dancery. God damn it. 2001. Okay. 50 Cent did it in the club. That nigga was hanging upside down. He looked wildly uncomfortable. I'm, I'm proud he ain't passed out up there. And then some were saying that game should have been a part of it. Think he could have. And I'm only saying it because of this. Before everybody just jumps on my neck, I know game is corny. I'm aware. But I know 50 was a guest because he was signed to M. And game used to be on G Unit. But game was technically aftermath. So he's more Dre thing. And he's from LA. I feel like Ice Cube should have been up there too, to be honest. I'm I'ma be clear. I'm not saying everybody named Mother should be up there, but I thought Ice Cube would have been a nice little touch, you know? And somebody like, what would game would have performed? He could have performed Hate and Love It. 50 was there and Mary was there. Mary remixed the shit. He could, that would have been a nice little smooth segue. And then here comes Kendrick for us, you know, for the millennial millennials, you know, because he's one of us, definitely. But, yeah, I mean, game could have fit, but personally, to me... Best halftime show ever. And my father called me and told me it was the worst halftime show he ever saw. Old-ass baby boomer. That's why. He didn't understand it. He's going to tell me they was dressed like prisoners. I said, they dressed like niggas from Compton. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't get the, the cultural references and all the other stuff. I'm like, all of us is very L.A. and he's very Compton. You don't listen to West Coast rap, nor do you know any of it. So you don't understand what they were trying to convey. I'm from New York, and I barely got all the nuances, but I, I knew there were nuances that connected directly to West Coast gangster rap. It was dope. To me, from start to finish, it was the best halftime show. I've never enjoyed a complete halftime show, ever. Even on Beyonce, Coldplay was on it first. I don't like Coldplay. I love Bruno Mars. I do. But I don't like no fucking Coldplay. I mean, all right. I'm lying. I do like Coldplay, but not enough to like sit through it during during football. Nah, did not like J Lo and Shakira that much. I don't like the way either one of them sing. They could dance their tails off, but I ain't like the way neither one of them sing. Um, I'm definitely from start to finish a fan of what happened at that halftime show. And how and, and Mary being there threw me off. If y'all could say, and I love Mary. I think Mary had a great performance. She looked good as hell, but I just don't understand. How she fit in with that. How she fit in with Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, and 50 Cent, and Kendrick. I don't know how she fit in, but it worked. 
And I'm not mad at it. It worked out fine. Snoop had to smoke on the stage. She wore a full blue Crip bandana suit. He even Crip walked for national TV. He took gangbanging global. I don't care. Nobody told me. Snoop made gangbanging a global phenomenon, okay? He made being a Crip national, international, okay? And he went on the biggest stage and Crip walked. My God. Come on. You can't get blacker than that. And he smoked a blunt on the set. You can't get blacker than that. Come on now. Best halftime show by far. Good job, Rams. You know, you played good, Cincinnati. We did not know you was going to make it that far. Proud of you guys. Um, Next, my favorite guy, Tom Brady, who's retired, quote, unquote. I don't know. He never really said the words, but we'll see. He retired. And last week. Apparently, a few documentaries came out. So, this year, made 20 years since the Tucker Rule. And that was the year Tom Brady got his first ring. And he's playing against the Oakland Raiders. Shout out to Charles Woodson. He's in the documentary, too. I love Charles Woodson. He's such a oh, great player. Um, so, And they were actually college teammates on Michigan. And it was a play where Tom went to throw it and... You know, Charles Woodson knocked out his hand, knocked him down. Play was supposed to be a fumble. After I watched it, it's definitely still a fumble to me. I'm not going to lie. The the ref called it and said it was a tuck rule and ruled it an incomplete pass. And it changed the trajectory of the game. So some people think if the tuck rule wasn't, you know, you know, done, then Tom Brady wouldn't be Tom Brady and... And Drew Bledsoe would get his spot back because, you know, he took his spot from him and everything else. I I disagree with that sentiment only because they still had to win the game. So even though, and don't get me wrong, football is a crazy sport. Like, shit could change like that mad fast. But they still had to beat, like, three other people. <laughs> like, so it's like even when they called an incomplete pass, they still had to, to, had to win the game. It wasn't like the game was over. They still had to win the game. They were still losing. They still had to make stops. They still had to do things. And it worked out. Then they had to see um, the Steelers. They had to play the Steelers. They had to play. The... And then they won the Super Bowl. It's not like they were playing the Super Bowl and the tuck rule came out. And it, it was like, oh, wow, let's put an asterisk on that. No. he That was like two things before the Super Bowl. And he he had to win still. And it was funny. They report was so funny. Charles Wilson definitely proved his point. He's like, Tom, that's an incomplete pass. And here goes Tom. I agree with you if that's how it went. Nigga, that was it. That was, no, he said, Tom, that's a fumble. He said, I agree with you if that's how it went. Right? I'm like, I'm looking at the tape. And Tom, it was a fumble. It was a fumble, but it was so good. It was so cute. They over here playing pool, and Tom Brady got balls paws. I think there was a tape before he went to Tampa. I don't know how they did it because he has balls at um, his his pool table. Um, the balls paws is Patriots logos, and the other one is the Raiders, and I thought that was fucking hilarious. And they did something dope where they made it, like, what if the tuck rule didn't happen and what would occur? So they had it, like, the Raiders won that um, Super Bowl and all type of stuff. It was pretty cool. And then there's another one called the Man in the Arena with every time he went to the Super Bowl. So every time Tom Brady went to the Super Bowl, which is like 10 times, y'all, he went 
10 damn times. They showed, even the losses they showed, they showed the losses between Giants, they, they showed everything. And they showed the entire season, the entire year. And I'm telling y'all, that man's a genius. Like, Tom, it was like a game from like literally 17 years ago. And he said, so it's the fourth quarter. It's third down. This this many yards left. We got this one on the field, that one on the field. We do a hot route. How the fuck you remember this play? How the hell? You played hundreds of football games by then. How do you know that that's the fucking play, Tom? Like, he, he's a genius. He, he sees everything. And I don't know how he does it, but he does. But if you have the time and if you're a fan, just check out The Man in the Arena. It's a 10-part series. It's really good. Super good. Um, But, yeah, shout out to Tom. You know, apparently he's hitting the ground running with his Brady brand. And he's, he's hopefully, you know, I want him to come back. But if not, it's cool. You know, retirement suits him. He's about He's 45 this year. You know, maybe his wife and family want to see him a bit more, so. Good job. Good job, Tom. Um, so, this is one thing about Allen Allison, right? Because y'all know all of Allen Allison. When it comes to hip-hop and sports, I know Shaq was the first rapper slash athlete. I know he's the first rapper slash athlete to go platinum. I know Kobe rapped. I know everybody tried to rap. You know what I'm saying? At some point, I obviously tried to rap. But let's be clear. Whenever it's something that intertwines hip-hop and basketball, everybody's first choice is Allen Iverson. Everybody's first choice. So for the All-Star Weekend this year, they decided to do a versus with NBA highlights. And, of course, it's AI versus T-Mac. So at first, I wasn't feeling the matchup. And I think T-Mac is nasty. Don't get it twisted. I, I, I like Tracy McGrady a lot. I just... I don't know. I don't know if I wanted a smaller guard. I don't know. But I'm happy it worked out. So, you know how versus people usually talk shit and all that. And they was asking who you think's going to win his versus. Everybody was saying AI. Lisa Leslie said AI. Kenny Smith said AI. Um, They had Shaq as the referee. And it was Taylor Rooks. Taylor Rooks, that girl is a good reporter. Taylor Rooks and Fat Joe was just hosting, I guess. And it was good, and it was good. And, they, and you know, T-Mac came to talk shit, and AI just so he just does not do that. He just speaks positivity all day. And he's like, man, he said, I know who I'm up against. And, you know, he's he's a beast. It's down the fifth. I'm going up against the big whale. Da, da, da. This ain't no um, little fish. He's a big whale. Da, da. I'm like, look at look at AI. He just, he's just going to give you your flowers for as long as he needs to, right? <laughs> um... It was dope. He started off with the Jordan highlight. We knew. I didn't know he was going to start off with that. I thought that was going to be, like, in the top three highlights. And, you know, he ended with the Tyron Lue, you know, step over, fade away shit. But they only had 10 highlights each. And I really wouldn't have 20. And I feel like they could have did a lot more highlights. I feel like T-Mac was missing a lot more highlights. I know AI was hitting more, like, a lot of um, highlights. 2001, I think AI probably did like four of five from 2001 alone. And to me, you early AI could have killed it. You know what I'm saying? 1997, 98, he could have killed it. 2004, 2005 could have killed it too. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like it, I'm not saying it wasn't good. It was really good. I just wanted more. I didn't think 10 highlights was enough for each of them. Um, 
I would have preferred to see 20, but it was a long night. It started at 11 o'clock, and I stayed up the whole time. Y'all should be very proud of me. I stayed the fuck up, okay? I never stay up that late. It started at 11, but it didn't get started till like 11.10. So it is what it is. But, yeah, that was a great, great versus. I don't know if they're going to do another one. I don't know if they just did it for the sake of All-Star Weekend. But, you know, I love how they just keep him in mind when it comes to, you know, creating a bridge between hip-hop and, and basketball. I love how Allen Alvinson's always that first pick. And he did great. He, he was signing the autographs. He's amazing, man. He's amazing. Okay? But, yeah. Um. So, let's get started on our topic because, who? All-Star Weekend. weekend it has changed so drastically from when I was coming up that I really didn't think I would enjoy it the way that I did some of it so like you know growing up all star weekend was east versus west you know and and they did all the fun shit the alley-oops the the shooting threes from the locker room they did all that fun shit the crossovers all that fly shit and, you know, with the new rules of the of the NBA, things are different. Now it's captains and it's teams, and now they do a draft, and they pick who's the starters. And, I mean, to me, even though they do it for charity now, too, which is amazing, I feel like it took a lot of the real fun out the game. Like, it's just, it's still a different structure, right? So, Vince is like the, the celebrity game. I didn't care for the celebrity game. You know, the most, the celebrities I really knew in that celebrity game were the fucking children and the celebrity coaches. So you got Dominique Wilkins, who my little brother's named after. You got um, Bill Walton, those are the coaches. And um, Jack from Blackish. And the kid Dean from the new Black Wonder Years. Yes, it's a Black Wonder Years. I have to say Black one because it's a white one too. So <laughs> the Black Wonder Years. I knew them kids. Machine Gun Kelly was there. Can't can't tell you one Machine Gun Kelly song. I do find the guy to be funny. I think he's cool. I like Machine Gun Kelly. Don't know any of his music. Tiffany Haddish was there, I guess. And it was mad random people like a bachelor. It was so weird. From the celebrity games, you know, of course Quavo was there. I think I do not miss a celebrity basketball game. But it used to be like the Chris Browns and the... And, uh, like, the, the real fucking people who could play ball as celebrities. You know what I'm saying? Even though Kevin Hart couldn't, but he won MVP mad time. It, like, the celebrity games wasn't even the same. I think it's because it was in Cleveland. I think nobody was trying to go to cold-ass Cleveland, to be honest with you. But, yeah, like, the celebrity game was blah. I did not get to watch the rookie um sophomore game. I know. I feel bad about that. I don't know if I missed anything. I didn't hear anybody talk about it afterwards, so I guess I didn't miss shit. Um, and then the skills challenge and stuff, like, with 
the the point guards, I guess. It is a point guard. Yeah, it's a point guard thing. So, with the skills contest, I thought that was weird, too. So, they had the rookies. Um, I believe it was Darius Garland and two other kids. I don't know. Then they had the Atetokupos. I feel like I said it right that second time. Giannis, his brother, Thanasis, and Alex. Why is his name Alex? I mean, thank you for making his first name easy for me to say. But to go from Giannis to Thanasis to Alex, mommy got Americanized wild fast. And then it was the Cavs. Wait, right? No, Darius was on the I don't know who was on what. See, it's weird. So being that Cleveland was the, the home team, um, the it was Jared Allen. I don't know. I don't fucking leave me alone. All right, like I tried. It was mad weird shit with it. So it was it was three rookies, three brothers, and three people on the same damn team. So blah. Before the skill challenge used to be the best point guards going against the best point guards. Like that's it. So it'll be like it'll be something like Steph Curry and and Chris Paul. And Kyrie. And, like, that's how the skill challenge is supposed to be. Like, some shit like that. And, of course, with the youngins. I love John Morant, by the way. John Morant should have been something, by the way. Um, Something, John Morant. Like, besides the game, he should have showcased some shit. Because that kid is a fucking problem. Anyway. um, Yeah. They did all this stuff. And I, I don't even remember who won that shit. I feel like the Cavs won. I'm not sure. I don't know. And I watched the full thing. I don't remember who won. I watched the whole shit. Can't tell you, right? Then the three-point shootout, I was going for Patty Mills because, you know, I'm a Nets fan. So it's Patty Mills, this white man that could shoot from the Clippers. Don't don't make me learn his name. It's look, look. Leave me alone. Um, Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, Trey Young, he bothers me. Don't ask me why. Something about him just bothers my soul. And who else was there? It was other people. I watched that shit in full, too. Can't think of nobody else's name. Come on, Amber. Put it, get it together, Amber. Um, either way, Carl Anthony Towns won that one. What I liked about it is Carl Anthony Towns, like, he's a big man. So for a big man to, use, um, to win the three-point shootout, that's a big dip, right? But then he had on a necklace. I thought it said Jordan. I'm like, I know this nigga's not walking around with a fucking Jordan a necklace for his girlfriend, right? I like. I know you don't walk around with Jordan Woods all around, but it was actually said Jackie for his mother that passed. She died um from COVID in twenty twenty, and he asked him if he could wear her chain because it's actually not you're not allowed to wear jewelry on the court, and um he asked him if he could wear her chain just for luck, and they let him do it, and he won. So that was sentimental. That was really dope. That was really nice because when he first did it. I think he um he scored twenty nine. Nobody compete. Nobody beat it. Well, when he um did his first round, he like kind of took it out of his jersey and like showed it off a little bit. It was adorable. It was adorable. Um, shout out to um cat. All right, let me let me get into the disappointment now, because <laughs> I saw the first part. Of the slam dunk contest. And I went to bed. I didn't even want to finish watching it. I went to sleep. 
I wasn't even tired. I went to sleep. I went to sleep. Like, this is how bad. I didn't even, there was no anticipation. There was nothing in me. I said, Amber, you know what? Wait till the second round. They're going to turn it up. Nothing. All right. So Cole Anthony, that's Greg Anthony's son, right? He's from New York, but he don't play for us. I'm saying us like I'm a fucking Nick fan. He's from New York, but he don't play for New York, right? So, first thing he do is has his father come out and he brings him tens. So, I'm, I was on the same thing as Kenny Smith. He was like, oh, he bringing the tens out. He going to dunk in tens. And I was like, okay. And even though it's an homage to New York, because that's the most New York shit to do. As New Yorkers, we see, we've seen that shit so much growing up, it didn't move us. It, was, it, it wasn't like, this nigga's not about to dunk in Tim's. It was like, niggas dunk in Tim's all the time. Niggas play ball in Tim's all the time. My father used to play ball in Tim's all the time. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you, you, you never been in the hood, niggas just like, it's a nice day outside. Niggas didn't expect it to be a nice day outside. It would be like a, a, a nice 65 degree day in March. And niggas just had his constructs on, and it's like, oh, fuck it. I just work today, and I, I can do something. Fucked up constructs. We'll play a little game of pickup. But we've seen it our entire lives. Like, it's not new. It's not new for us. For the rest of the world, I also felt like they was like, huh? They didn't get the significance. So it was like a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing either way for him. Because it was like, all right. Mind you, then he missed him the first two, three dunks. And they wasn't even like crazy dunks. Can I dunk? No. But I'm not in the fucking dunk contest. So make them shits and make them shit spectacular. That's all I ask. That boy with the amazing hair from the Rockets. One of the Jalens. You know it's like 15 Jalens that got inducted in the league this year. One of the Jalens came out and he had a grill. Which is very Houston. Shout out to him. And then he had an NFT chain like he had a chain that was attached to an iphone that was playing the nft and i don't i don't get it i don't know what that means and then he passed it to isaiah why wouldn't you pass it to clyde drexler he's from the fucking rockets and he wanted to why would you and i I love zaya but i'm saying why don't you pass it to fucking clyde drexler it would made like more sim a, a symbolism type thing oh a young use of rocket and, you know, a veteran used to rock it. Why the fuck not? But whatever. Blah, little niggas. They don't know nothing. They don't know shit. His dunk was trash, and he didn't make it on the first attempt either. Then there's a kid from the Warriors, the first dunker of Mexican descent, who um who did something, and he made his... All right. I didn't mean to sound racist, because it almost came out racist. I was about to say he made his jersey Mexican. He didn't make it Mexican. The colors were Mexican colors. That's what it is. I thought it was hard. I thought it was. A, I thought it was dope. It seemed little, little dope to me. I like that. That nigga didn't do much on his shit either. And he got Andrew Wiggins to stand there. It was a regular dunk to me. I wasn't wild. He got like a forty-five off that shit. And then the nigga from the Knicks, Ob Toppin. I'm. I'm. It was just on. It was not good. It was terrible. And I'm like Vince Carter put. He he fucking put the the ball between his legs, dunked over it, and left his arm in the rim. And y'all little niggas is barely making it off a bounce pass, so you just catching it. Y'all niggas is whack. 
These, that, that shit was the worst. I went right to sleep. Right to sleep. Don't you know I woke up? My whole feed, Bleacher Report, ESPN, NBA, the, the worst slam dunk contest of all time. And I said, I figured that. I knew it. I knew it in my spirit that shit was going to be trash. I felt it in my soul. And I was right. What the fuck was y'all niggas doing? Like, all that shit was a waste, B. A waste. And it, I know you're supposed to get the young people a new chance to do shit. That shit was depressing, B. Depressing. That's why I said Ja Morant should have been in something. Because Ja would have smoked them little niggas. Smoked them little niggas. They cannot let what happened this year happen next year. They can't. That shit was terrible. Who the fuck even won that? I think Obi Toppin won it because somebody... Made a point of the only trophy the Knicks is gonna win this year. <laughs> I think it. I think it had to be him. It had to be Obi Toppin. Yeah, literally the worst dunk contest I've ever seen. I like it was. I didn't even want it. I didn't care to know what the next couple rounds are gonna look like. And then your judges is Dominique, is Clyde Drexler, is Isaiah, Doctor J. Doctor J. I think Shaq was a judge too. Dr. J, you embarrass yourself in front of the best dunkers of all time. Y'all embarrassed me. I have secondhand embarrassment because of watching Dominique's face when he saw how some of y'all did y'all little dunks. Oh, the shame. For shame. Terrible. Fucking terrible. So, with that being said, I wasn't really looking forward to the All-Star game. Because then I heard that they got new rules again. The actual game itself. So it was like every quarter resets itself. I'm like, well, why the fuck would you want to do something like that? Every quarter resets itself. And whoever wins the quarter, their charity gets money. All right. I'll take that in stride. Whatever. Then the last quarter is the target points. So being that it's the all-star game, nobody plays defense. They don't Honestly, every year they don't play defense for like the fourth quarter. Like, most of it is just tricks, pause, and, like, little, what's that called? Um, play Playground games. And the fourth quarter, niggas get down to business. So, the fourth quarter's target was 63, was 163. Whoever hit 163 first wins the game. So, again, if you're not pay- playing any defense, high offense. The game's going to be high in offense. Niggas going to be shooting threes all day. Nobody's stopping it. Nobody's contesting your shot, really. It's just, you know, a little game. So 163 is quite doable within the time. So the first quarter, LeBron wins. LeBron team wins, right? Second quarter, Durant team wins. So it's it's going pretty good. Cute, dope, whatever. It's working out. So now it's halftime. Halftime is the ceremony for the NBA 75 best players. Remember this year, being that it was the 75th anniversary, which is apparently the diamond anniversary. It's 75 years of the NBA being an association, and they have the top 75 players who have played. So they do this thing where they introduce every position, sort of. So it's like it was the forwards first, the centers, and then the guards. So for the forwards, J.B. Smooth introduced um, what a forward does or whatever. 
um, for the centers. It was Tiffany Haddish. She messed, she messed that up. Um, <laughs> I don't know how, but she, she flummoxed over a couple of words. And for the gods of Ursha, baby, because, you know, Ursha is, uh, uh, I want to say, I don't want to say a, a minimal owner. I won't say minority, but I know he's one of the owners of the Cavs. And so, of course, Usher was there. And Usher, you know, he introduced, you know, the gods and stuff. So everybody came out. It was good seeing a lot of them. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he's still very tall, but he seems not to be as strong. He had a seat next to Shaq. Shaq had to make sure he was okay, which was dope. Shaq came out. You know, they had... um. All the forwards they had. Um, Tim Duncan wasn't there. Scottie Pippen wasn't there. I was surprised. Um, but they had, like, little green screen things. Um, I did not know Tiny Archibald was still alive. I know my mother says I kill people all the time. She's like, you always saying somebody dead and they mad alive. I don't know why. I swore Tiny Archibald was not alive. Um, it was a lot of greats there. Of course, like I said Dr. J, you know, Dominique, all the regulars. So, you know who I was waiting on? I was waiting on the gods. You know the first god came out? Allen Allen said, crowd goes crazy. At that, CP3, crowd goes crazy. No, fuck the CP3. Kyrie wasn't there. And he didn't make a video either. And Kyrie was up there for top 75 players. Um, Oh, yeah. To backtrack to the verses, sorry. Um, I know I'm getting off topic, but... T-Mac is not on the top 75, and AI was like, there's not 75 plays in the league who was better than T-Mac. There, there really wasn't. I agree with him. T-Mac definitely deserved to be in that list. But, yeah, sorry. Um, I digress. Um, Yeah, Kyrie wasn't there. And he didn't make a video or nothing, but he's definitely on that damn list. So I was like, oh, shit, that's that's odd. But, you know, Kyrie marched to be his own drum, so that's just what he does. And so the last two guards was Magic Johnson... And then Michael Jordan. And it it was dope to see them all up there. And then um, they was asking a lot of the current players how they felt. And Steph was like, it was like being a kid in a candy store. Like, to be on the same stage as people that you grew up to and and to get this accomplishment, it's a huge deal. And it was dope to see LeBron and and Mike talk and to see... um, Chris Paul and AI and Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett was there. Kevin Garnett started laughing and joking about stuff. And Ray Allen's over here talking to this kid. And it it was it was dope. It, I loved the, the bridging of the gap. I thought it was amazing to see Dr. J, you know, talking to, to Steph Curry. It, it was just amazing, you know. I loved how that looked. I loved the camaraderie. I loved how much, how far basketball has come. I thought it was a huge deal. Um, I enjoyed everything about that halftime ceremony. Um, again, I do wish Tracy McGrady was considered in the top 75. It sucks that he wasn't, but you know. Um, it is what it is. It was still a beautiful celebration overall. So the third quarter comes. Stephen Wardell Curry. He has had the worst shooting season of his career. And you would not have been able to tell by that third quarter. That man dropped 15 threes. I don't understand how. I don't. Un- That's 45 points. Water. That boy was water from everywhere in that third quarter. So the um actual record was 52 points by Anthony Davis. 
So this nigga is going the fuck off. Off. Just going off. So that's the third quarter, right? LeBron, I think they tied the third quarter. So the last quarter is for all the marbles. Whoever reaches 163 wins. They charity wins the money. Now niggas is playing. Now niggas is fouling. It was like three people went to the free throw line <laughs> the fucking fourth quarter because nobody was going before, right? Don't you know Steph couldn't hit another three in that third quarter? No, he hit one more three in that third quarter. So that gave him 16 in the fourth quarter. So that gave him 16 threes. That had 48 points. All he needed was two more threes. Cause he did, he, but then he did a layup. Cause like he did probably like two threes they didn't hit. He did like a little floater or whatever. That got him to 50 points. Now he just needed one more three. Just one more. And he to beat the record for threes for most threes in the game and for the highest score in the um fucking all-star game. Mind you, he's been booing he's been booed since he got there. Cleveland booed that man so bad as if they didn't get a ring on him. Yes, he took one away from you, but you got one from him too. Calm down. Either way. Cleveland was on his side. Once he started hitting them threes, that whole stadium went crazy. They got AI, Dwayne Wade, and Reggie Miller commentating in third quarter, and he's just like, they just going crazy. They like, no, I can't believe he just did that shit. They got they arm in arm like, yo, Steph is going off. This nigga did a no-look three. He shot a three. Turned around to the crowd. He said, did it go in? Mind you, everybody, they've even got a picture of it. Everybody's under the basket. You can see the ball pause, and you can see the, the net in the air. And he's like, did it go in? Did it go in? And they're like, yeah, it went in, went in. This nigga hustled. Yo, he, he was playing, okay? And that fourth quarter, he could not get no three to hit. He only got one three. I think he shot. I think he missed six. He missed six in a row. But him missing threes, you know, now Team Durant is rebounding. And, you know, they getting close. LeBron don't like that shit because LeBron is 4-0. At this point, yesterday he was 4-0 on being Team LeBron on winning the All-Star game. He ain't liking this shit, so now they got to pass the ball around. But they were trying to give him the ball. They're like, all right, try now, Steph. He's is bouncing off the rim, bouncing off. Fuck that. Now the score is 160 to 161. 163 is the target, meaning whoever hits that the game, it's on them. It, they win. They getting too fucking close for LeBron. So now, team LeBron ball. LeBron calls for it. Checks. He got somebody on him. Hit the, fe- the fadeaway. Game beater. Game winner. Right there. 163. 163 to 160 was the score. That was a that was a hell of a finish. It was a hell of a finish. Steph ended with 50 points. He was just three points away from breaking the record, two points from tying it. But he did break the record for the most threes in any NBA game. 16 threes. Insane. <laughs> like insane. And like I said, they booed him the entire time. That man won the MVP trophy. And it was so ironic. So he won the MVP trophy in Cleveland <laughs> for the All-Star. The Kobe Bryant, excuse me, MVP um, trophy in Cleveland. And LeBron, 
hit the game-winning shot in Cleveland. Even though he's from Akron, that's the thing closest to a city, so they, they feel like that's the city. Um, it was poetic. It was a real poetic ending. I enjoyed the entire All-Star game. I thought that was amazing. I thought it was so good. I didn't like most of the festivities that, that led up to it. I need them to fix that. But the game itself was incredible. That's the reason why I'm doing show day, because I had to talk about the, the All-Star game. I was like, oh, no, this this was good. I really enjoyed every aspect of it. I thought it was really good. Um, Durant couldn't come. He actually, his grandmother passed away. So he couldn't even be in attendance yesterday. Um, prayers up to him. And it was good. His, his team fought a good game. Joel Embiid, was, he was playing. He was killing, you know. Um, Devin Booker, he was doing good. You know, Cat was on the team. Giannis was on Team LeBron. Steph. And, you know, now Team LeBron is 5-0. So, come on. Champion, champion, son. That's what they do. But um, as far as the All-Star game goes, I personally hope they, I don't know. I don't know if they, I want them to change the format, change the players. I don't know. I just need it to be a, a bit better. I don't, I think they make it a little bit too complicated and they also make, take the fun out of it when it's like mad extra rules now. I hope they find like a new way and a new format next year for the festivities that led up to it personally. But the All-Star game itself was great. It was incredible. Um, I'm happy I watched it. So, yep. Shout out to Team LeBron. Five and oh. Good job, LeBron. So the NBA 75 anniversary was nothing short of inspiring. And I thought it was great to see players from past and present, you know, just take that stage and receive the flowers that they also deserve. And they asked LeBron James about, you know, his interaction with Michael Jordan. And this is this week's Weekly Hustle. I want to lose the opportunity to... Uh to shake the man's hand that inspired me throughout my childhood. Um, haven't had much dialogue with him in my 20 years or 19 years in this, in this business, but part of me wouldn't be here without MJ's inspiration. Um, I always wanted to be like him growing up. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy that the game winning shot tonight was a fadeaway and it was inspired by MJ. Um, you know, the way he wore his shoes, the way he wore his uniform. I mean, all the way down to like some of the cars that he drove, um, how much he inspired me. And um, I didn't want to waste that opportunity because we're, we're, we're just not in the, we're not in the same building 